What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fitness Oracle. Um, today is a special, uh, special episode that we have with that we sat down with Dom Brightman of Dom Brightman International, and it was a really amazing. Uh, it's a, it was a really amazing conversation. I mean, this thing went on for like two hours straight, and we honest to be honest with you guys, it could have gone for a lot more, but. We're trying to keep stuff at uh, the two-hour mark just because um, it's in respect to your own time. Now, here's the, ki- here's the amazing thing. This is our 50th 5-0 ep- long-form episode. Um, it's listed as episode 190, but there's also a bunch of like small form factors of uh, small form factor um, episodes uh, mixed in with this. But the long form, we are at one, we are at 50. And this is a great milestone for us. And what better way to talk about, you know, bring on a guy with some amazing content uh he's done some amazing stuff uh we talked about some really 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 interesting stuff when it comes to mental awareness influence and awareness time awareness connection awareness and habit awareness now this is all dom's stuff and his perspective on it and he threw out a ton of amazing books out in uh, in this podcast for you guys to consume um he calls this system mitch uh which is really simple to for people to implement and like i said you guys are in for a treat uh put aside some put aside some time for this episode because you really grab a pen and paper, start writing stuff down. He throws out a ton of gems. Trying to edit this podcast was just so hard for me to get some real great content because it was so great. Like he had a ton of stuff that I had a hard time picking myself. So anyways, um, as usual, if you like what we're doing here at the Fitness Oracle, please subscribe to our channel. Um, if you know anybody who's suffering from mental health issues that can benefit from what we talk with on our 50th long form episode, please share it with them as sharing is caring and no better form of showing somebody that you care about them to share an amazing episode, uh, share an amazing podcast with them like this one. And as normal, as usual, please hit the bell to be notified when we roll out uh, a new whenever we're doing something new because we're going to be doing a lot more new stuff with uh, the fitness oracle you may have noticed we're doing the short form as video as well we're getting we're going to be doing a, one more new thing with this but we're, I'm not I'm not going to get into that because I'm still trying to plan it out so just to recap everything remember to subscribe hit the bell, and please share this with someone who you think that could benefit from it or is suffering from any form of mental health disorders. I really hope you guys are going to enjoy the show.
Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people just like you, with real stories just like yours, and this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos, and today we are celebrating a new milestone of our 50th long-form episode. Kick it off, we have a special guest today, Dominic Dom Brightman, DMT, from Dom Dreitman International. He is a certified leadership expert with a John Maxwell team from Baltimore, Maryland, that empowers and equips others to share their stories. He possesses an associate's applied science in network technology from the Community College of Baltimore County. His technology experience adds another dimension to his skill set which has helped hundreds of people to complete their digital resumes and become more tech savvy. He has written and published three books, Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself, The Follow-Up Bestseller, Stay the Course, The Elite Performers, Seven Secrets to Sustainable Success, and contributing author to the bestselling book, Crappy to Happy, Sacred Stories of Transformational Joy. He is appeared on many media outlets such as Fox 45, News, Toastmasters International, and so much more. In addition to appearing on many media outlets, he has created his his own podcast called Going North Podcast, which interviews authors from all over the world. It has been ranked in the top 10 for all self-help podcasts in the world for the last three years in a row since 2018. As an active Toastmasters International, Dominic has given dozens of inspirational talks and was awarded for his leadership in 2016 as an area director, he, which he was the youngest area director in the region at the age of 23 and acquiring the highest award for the organization that it offers, the, which is the Distinguished Toastmasters DTM. Dominic, welcome to the show. Woo, my man, John, baby, my man. That's right, man. Good to be back in black and heck, even some gray too, since we're on video. So yeah, man. <laughs> How you hold up, man? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, for those that don't know, this is actually the second time that we're doing this show. A little bit of a <laughs> podcasting hiccup with uh, the recording stuff. Um, just so you guys know that, you know, podcasting doesn't always go the way you want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here we are again. Uh, how's how's Baltimore? Like uh, you guys have opened up, I, I assume, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's July now. So mask mandate was lifted. The limited crowds like that's lifted, like the cicadas are gone. So we don't have to worry about the jet, the giant mask mating party of insects anymore for another 17 years. So, yeah, mask pretty uh, good. Um, uh, crab cake prices have skyrocketed. They put some weed on those prices, thanks to nature and Mother Earth and all the other good stuff. Indeed, uh, you, 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 would, you would think that a year of us well even though it was really probably like three months and <laughs> limited amount of people of being in the house would help the environment looks like it really didn't you know and plus inflation all that wonderful good stuff but yeah so far so good we're we're okay we're okay still got a little crime going on but let's say it doesn't have crime the charm is still on high and crab cake ship 
uh, prices are up. But hey, if if you love crab cakes, it don't matter. It don't matter indeed. Just got to make more paper, get more crab cakes, and then just make sure you don't be crabby after eating the crab cake. <laughs> <laughs> well you're 100 percent right i mean all big cities have big problems when it comes to crime and that and this and that all we got to do is just make the best of it um you actually have some very interesting topics we're going to get into one very big topic that you have uh, later on but first you actually talk about something that actually hits home with me which is called man philosophy what is man philosophy Ah, yes, Man Philosophy, from one of the best books that has ever been published on Earth, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. And for those who may be ultra-spiritual listening to this, like, hey, it's not as bad as you think. Like, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with science, nothing wrong with getting rich. Getting rich makes you a better person because it'll help you to help those who can't really help themselves. Like, the more money you have, the more people you can help at a bigger scale. And that's really what the book is all about, just diving into the mindset. And I believe it was in chapter seven of the book. There's actually two chapters on it, but chapter seven, seven through nine, it talked about the advancing man philosophy. And it's about the man and or woman. Don't worry. It's it's unisex. It doesn't have to be all about men, you know. That's right. Sticks and holes to everybody. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We don't have to edit that part out. It's all good. People got to laugh up. I'm sure they got it, buddy. Anyway, just going into a place of business and basically focusing on how you can help another person and making sure you help them out because that's one of the greatest things you can do for yourself is that the more people you help advance, you advance others in yourself. That's why I became my life philosophy. Thanks to reading that book and the wonderful legendary quote from the late great Zig Ziglar. That if you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. And if you help enough other people get what they want, and that's what and what they usually want is their problems being solved, you'll be known as a problem solver. And if you yourself can't solve that problem, but you know a guy for real who can actually truly, genuinely solve their problems, you'll be known as a connector. And that's one of the most beautiful things about being on the planet Earth, especially nowadays, that we're in a hyper-connected age. We can connect with people all the way out in Mumbai, all the way to India, all the way to, to Japan. And we could be in Baltimore, Maryland, somewhere out in Canada, a.k.a. Canada, for those who love to speak of Bonics, and really just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation or one-to-many, one-to-multiple conversation. And it's all about helping others advance because when you help others advance, you too will advance because that even goes down to really, I think it was Robert Cialdini's book, Influence, is that the law of reciprocity automatically is an action because if you truly help somebody and they truly receive it, they're going to remember you for it and they're going to want to pay you back for it. Now, granted, it doesn't happen all the time because sometimes life happens. We may have a relative or a loved one who may pass away. Business may fail. They may not be able to financially support you, but they may come back down the road a few years down the road, kind of like good karma and really repay you back or better yet. The universe, God, source will pay you back and that's the other thing about the advancing man philosophy it also puts good karma into play the law of karma they like to say that you know karma could be a bitch but hey karma's a queen too karma is a queen too because the thing is 
karma always remembers the good things that you put out into the world. And the more good you put out into the world, the more it'll come back to you. Will it come at the speed that you want it to? Not all the time, but the main thing is it comes back to you. So the advancing man philosophy, the advancing personality is all about advancing others from a place of genuine service. So that way it can genuinely come back to you down the road. That's awesome. Um, you actually touched up on something that I want to touch up on as well. Um, how money, um, money doesn't change people. Uh, I remember when I was, uh, when I first started in the uh, uh, personal training industry, we had this one coach, uh, he said, uh, money is just an amplifier. It amplifies what you truly deeply are at your core. If you're a good person, it will amplify that goodness. If you're a bad person, it will amplify, it will amplify that evil. Do you think it's possible for an evil person to transform himself or herself, whoever's listening out there, from one to the other? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, funny enough, as you asked that question, the instant picture that popped in my mind was freaking, was it Scrooge? <laughs> the Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> the classic Christmas story, the three ghosts, where on Christmas Day decided to give his employees the day off after all and actually decided to give his money to charity and really it, it truly can happen like an evil person can truly actually become good if they have the right catalyst to do so like hey if they like kind of like at like what you mentioned at at the core which i truly believe is that money just amplifies what you already are and if you're a defensive person more money will probably make you more defensive and probably for good reason because especially if a lot of people know you got something they're going to want some of it and it's like you're a jet it naturally going to be a gen generous person i know i'm generous too and sometimes you have to put some places some basically some i wouldn't say a fortress but put some barriers in place so that way you don't give yourself into complete oblivion where you basically give the shirt off your back in the middle of winter and you're walking out metaphorically naked here like there's there's that there's actual truth to it because there's also self-care in mind too where you have to make sure you take care of yourself and your family too because you know, if you don't work, you don't eat and you have to take care of those that you're in charge of, really. And that's really the thing. So taking care of home, like making sure your oxygen mask is on before trying to give everybody else some air. Because the thing is, a lot of people, especially those who may be a little extra needy, they can be greedy for attention. And the thing is, they can continue to be needy and continue to siphon off a bunch of stuff off you. They may have metaphorical octopus tentacles. And you're just one guy's like, hey, I'm being nice here, but come on, come on, can I at least keep my shoes? Like these aren't even Nike Jordans, like they're freaking thirty dollars shoes. Like can I at least keep my shoes? Like, no, I want your shoes too. They got your energy. I'm like, no, it's just making sure that um, <laughs> you actually have those really those barriers in place. So yeah, but back to the original question <laughs> about yeah, an evil person definitely can change because really the thing is like some like life really will happen. And life happens to all of us. There will be times, heck, even with COVID last year, like the great Grim Reaper year of 2020 that really came and showed a lot of people that you're not invincible. Like nobody's invincible. No matter how much money you had, you were still vulnerable. Now, granted, it may have protected you from some of the things that a lot of regular nine to five people had to deal with if they lost their jobs. But the thing is, it showed that everybody is not invincible and they had to really pivot and make some changes. 
And the thing is, an evil person can become good if they have the right catalyst to force them to change. They can go from chaos to clarity and then eventually from feeling crappy to feeling happy. And then they can make their mayhem turn into a miracle with the right catalyst, with the right person at the right time, with the right message that may have them think like, you know what? Maybe I can change for the better. Maybe this this money it's it's great for me, but it's greater for other people. But that also falls into choice. They have mm -hmm. to make that choice to make that decision to change. Oh yeah. And we're That's gonna right. get into the spiritual part of this whole thing in just a little bit. But before we do, you've also dabbled in martial arts as well. Oh yeah. Um what have you done in the past? Oh yeah. So the past uh Taekwondo is the main thing because my instructor at the time, he incorporated self-defense techniques with it. And he also was trained under free box, especially a champion boxer. I forgot somewhere in the Caribbean who was like a world champion. I forgot the exact gentleman who it was. And he even, even every now and then, if he was feeling up to it, he would sprinkle in some different things. So not only being able to kick somebody's head off of their their body, but also being able to add some footwork to the kicks to make yourself even more intricate as a fighter and some self-defense techniques to really add on to what you're doing. Because like the thing is, like the a lot of folks who know what Taekwondo is really all about, the art of punching and kicking, like you really do more kicking than anything else. Like every day was leg day in that dang class every freaking day my god like and i got long legs too so it like busy doing all these darn freaking like roundhouse kicks snap kicks a freaking and then eventually gets to the part where i was able to do a couple tornado kicks and it was like wow like like it, it felt good to be able to do those things and build up the confidence and building up some more cardio some more flexibility and some more self-confidence but yeah like every day was a leg day it, it was it was definitely intense and the thing was, he was the instructor for about a good, uh, say about a year and a half. We had one other student who was like the only other black belt in the class, and he took over. And his story is inspirational, too, because he actually was a fat kid growing up. About the age of 12, he was close to 300 pounds. But he wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. And to be a Ninja Turtle, you got to be able to move your body. So he took up Taekwondo as his first martial art. It helped him to lose a bunch of weight. And he, funny enough, he actually had a, a, some Italian blood in his roots as well, funny enough, and Native American roots, go figure. So a lot of mixtures going on in, in there. And he was able to lose the weight, pick up a few other martial arts. He probably studied, my God, at least five to seven other types. I think had a couple of ninjutsu classes, jujitsu, dillo, krav maga, some other stuff. And he added more fitness to it as well because that was really what got him into it in the first place to lose that weight and to fulfill his dream of being a Ninja Turtle. And he eventually started his own CrossFit gym because the thing was, he was an instructor at a school. And the thing was, they were limiting him to the hours he could teach. So he's like, screw this. I want to teach more freaking hours here. So he started his own CrossFit, CrossFit box after getting certified and starting basically becoming an entrepreneur and I followed him there and I was able to pick up CrossFit in addition to the Taekwondo and and even he even taught kickboxing classes too so getting down to more basic kicks as opposed to the 
true art aspect of it. So the, there was the martial arts aspect with the Taekwondo and with him taking over, also adding some great punches to it as well. So that way he could truly punch somebody, especially in the kickboxing era too, because we were able to focus more on punching from the hips as opposed to the classic, <laughs> the classic stances <laughs> and the forms of the Tego forms where it's like, oh yeah, you just punch it from your chest or whatever. Yeah, it, it, it may feel good when you get it right in class, but it's like at the same time, I was like, oh, I'm not going to really punch like that i don't see myself punching like that till the kickbox where it's like oh these actual hooks are actual hooks that could really deal freaking damage and it's like yeah so did a little taekwondo did a little kickboxing and then some crossfit with it to really get myself going to get some more strength and to actually be more flexible to even have more confidence that's like one of the major things i'm pretty sure a lot of listeners are familiar with on this show is the fact that Martial arts isn't just learning how to defend yourself and, God forbid, kill somebody. You know, the art of killing martial arts, right? But also the aspect of really gaining some self-confidence to be able to defend yourself in any situation. And heck, there's even a spiritual aspect to the art as well and a discipline aspect that makes you so much better as an individual. Like, just looking back at myself at that time compared to now, it's, it's just amazing how that addition like in my college years is still really with me today because of all that training and some of the mental discipline and the foundation that came out of it so yeah it's yeah martial arts I'm all about it definitely want to pick it back up soon since uh mask mandate is lifted I'm probably say about a few months away hopefully if uh this other variant of COVID doesn't go too crazy on us and we don't have to worry about stuff it's like yeah I have to pick it back up again because I do miss it a lot. I do miss it a lot because I've been doing a lot of other stuff. And it's like, yeah, now nah, I got to gotta take care of the young wolf so the old wolf won't be too mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like you said, like uh, with the with the traditional punches from the waist and, you know, traditional stances, like I grew up, I grew up with uh, Shotokan Karate. I started at eight years old. Mm. And I it's it's. I see why it's important to have those. It's because you, you, you teach somebody how to throw a punch and how to have, do a kick, you know, giving them a solid foundation and not just throwing a punch or because we can go, I can go into like the metaphors of solid foundations, you know, setting it for your, for your life and this and that, but the whole concept of this podcast is not to go into the martial arts, just little dabs um, and to definitely stay away from the COVID nonsense because that has taken too much of our lives. And I refuse to fall into these traps. And I hope my listeners out there, my watchers are going to, the watchers out there that are going to be watching this episode are also not going to be falling into these traps too um we are going to talk about uh one of the concepts that you have made which you call mitch how did you come about that name and what Uh, is it ah yes mitch so mitch if you're listening like you probably feel like yeah i'm a superstar i'm in a podcast i didn't even have to apply to be a guest for (laughs) let me stop oh yeah that's right, corn cobs ahoy from the Carnegie Colonel. But yeah, Mitch. So yeah, this actually came about because as I was in uh, 
final stages of my second solo project called Say the Course, the Elite Performer, Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success. There are five key traits, five keys of awareness that branched off from the one major thesis of the book, which is all about self-awareness, because self-awareness is where champions get their ability, their strength, and where they can perform at their highest level. Because a self-aware person, especially a self-aware leader, is the best type of leader, the best type of performer, because they're aware of their mental state, they're aware of their emotional state, they're aware of their habits, they're aware of everything that's within them. And they usually play to their strengths and make themselves even better. That even reminds me of a book that I'm still going through by Tim Grover's latest book called Winning. And that is a powerful book. Like if you haven't picked up that book after buying 99 cops to stay the course, like pick up that freaking book. Cause I, I love it. Like it's, it is so darn of a good book, but really just making sure that you're in that state of awareness. So there's the main thesis of awareness. Self-awareness is the key, major key for elite performance. And that major key leads to the ring with seven other keys, but there are five keys in particular. There's the M in Mitch, which stands for mental awareness. Being aware of your mental state, being aware of your mindset, this incorporates emotional intelligence as well. We're, we're probably way past the era of where IQ is the major thing, where it's all about your mind. It's all about your skills. Like, damn, like a IQ that's over like freaking 100 or something like it's really all about the EQ nowadays where you know where you are mentally and you're aware of your emotional state and you're aware of the emotional states of people around you. The eyes for influence awareness, being aware of the influences that are also around you that can also feed into the mental state. So keeping brain care in mind, keeping your environment care in mind because we have to care about our environment and i just talking about fighting global warming that's the that's the obvious thing we're not going to get into that but i'm just talking about your immediate circle your immediate bubble of influence like is your area full of clutter is your area full is your mind really full of clutter like what's on your phone your subscriptions like are you subscribed to things that are going to help you become a better human being the best version of yourself like there's nothing wrong with netflix but if you're like spending six hours of your day watching nothing but netflix then that's definitely going to be a problem like you have to make sure that you have things that will benefit you and really helps you to really become better because one of the things with the influence what we hear is what we eventually become. What we watch is what we eventually emulate. And we have to make sure that whatever we have around us that's influencing us, we have to be aware that it's making a positive, progressive influence on us. Then there's the T, which is time awareness. Being aware of how much time we have. And the reason why I call it time awareness as opposed to time management, because you can't really manage time. We all have the same amount of time. 1,440 minutes a day, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 168 hours in a week. We have the same amount of time, but what we do within that a lot of time is what separates the bad from the good, from the good to the great. And just being aware of that time as opposed to trying to manage time. Then there's the C, which is connection awareness, having a metaphorical Wi-Fi signal open to reach more people that'll help you advance and that you can help others advance. So that way you can have a wonderful give and take relationship or better yet, a go giver and a go giver relationship where you're both giving to each other. So that way it's not only better for both of you, but that'll eventually multiply out into the world. 
and the thumb to put it all together, the H, which is habit awareness, being aware of the habits that are either building you up or tearing you down. Do you try to have a good day the night before, or do you just go to bed with the darn TV staring at you and plotting all sorts of consumerism in your mind while you're asleep? And then you wake up the next morning, you're like, man, I got to go on Amazon and get this darn as seen on TV product because it was programmed on my while I was going to sleep. So that's really where it came from is the major key of awareness and then building it out into that wonderful acronym because originally in the book it wasn't organized that way but as i looked at the table of contents i'm like wait this makes a lot better sense it's better for media platforms like this or people love acronyms and acronyms are easy to remember so mitch is definitely what it's really all about just taking what was put on paper and crystallizing it and then just polishing it it up because we all need some polish oh yes we do we do we all got some rough edges uh so it wasn't based off of some guy some some buddy of yours in uh in college <laughs> <laughs> no nah, funny enough i do know a mitch funny enough <laughs> <laughs> we can't get the copyrights of it <laughs> no he can't he, he probably doesn't even know that he probably doesn't even know about that acronym funny enough <laughs> He's got his own things and what he's got his own life. He, 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 that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, we're going to get into each and every single one of them a little bit deeper because um, there's a lot, there's a lot that it can actually, people can get a lot of benefit of trying to understand the difference and the intricacies of each of these topics. Like for example, uh, mental awareness. You, you touched up on it where you said, um, you know, being in a positive mental state of awareness. So how, how important would it be for somebody to not just, you know, be in a mental state of awareness, but also work towards it? And I'm so glad you added that second part to the question that's so powerful because it's something we have to work on constantly it's one of the reasons why a lot of people are starting to normalize going to therapy having a therapist like i'm pretty sure therapists are booked solid nowadays and therapists are booked with their own therapist books every day because you're absorbing everybody's problems we all had to deal with the same nonsense at different levels of <laughs> well somebody called nonsense but different levels of something i'll say that for lack of a better word <laughs> last year and the thing is, like, really, you have to not only deal with your own issues, but have someone else deal with your issues. And you yourself, like, you have to really heal the physician, like the physician has to heal the physician here. So really, it's all about constantly putting in active effort. Heck, even another wonderful book. I wonder how many books I recommend during this podcast. But there's one other book by Charlie Harari, released in 2018, called Unlocking Greatness. One of the things he mentioned in building a better mindset is the fact that it takes active effort. We have to actively do this every single day because it's basically a battle for our minds every single day of our lives, especially the, especially last year for some people where they may have been alone and they were with their thoughts and some people sadly didn't make it and they committed suicide. They weren't taking active effort and they really probably didn't have the right connections with the right people to help talk them through situations so it takes active effort and trying to get at least one percent better every day because in 
in the book, like one of the things I mentioned is that trying to do something different every day, whether it's taking a different route to work, going to a new website, hearing a new podcast, reading a different book, doing something different. Heck, even now that things are opening back up a lot more and the mask mandates are being lifted up in some places, like going to different parts of the world, if you can, and whether you're vaccinated or not, whether you are or not, that's not my problem. I don't care. And I don't need to know that's your medical business. And I don't need to know that only you need to know that, but like going out there and really just doing something different. So that way you can stretch your mind. Because another thing about mental awareness, once you experience something new and once you stretch your mind to new heights, you can't go back to the same small thinking ever again. It's like a, it's basically like an NFL player getting out of the hood and getting a freaking million dollars the first time. They're, they're going to still have that concrete jungle mentality depending on where they were raised, but they're going to want to have a new lifestyle and they're going to want, and some of them sadly may blow their money because of it. But the thing is, they're going to have a taste of that and they're going to want to keep that taste of it. And the smart ones are those that have financial advisors, have mentors that help them to put them aside and help them realize, hey, you're going to have families coming at you like hyenas and jackals because they know that you're in the NFL. Make sure your lady has been with you since day one and she's not trying to be a gold digger here and all this other stuff because really, mental awareness is all about being aware of your mental state and being aware of the other folks around you. That kind of leads to the second one that we'll get into later. But really, just taking that active effort, making sure that you're doing stuff for your mind that'll help you become even better than before. Cause like even one thing that really helped me to really better my mental state and heck even based off of the advancing man philosophy was to ask myself more questions because questions are powerful tools that require a thought and a response. And when you have a thought and you need to respond to it, and then you write those things down that'll crystallize some things that may be going on within you. That's another reason why journaling is something that I recommend people to do. It doesn't even have to be daily because I don't do it daily. <laughs> That's the thing. Like if, if you could journal at least once in a while, once a week, at least something, just write your thoughts down, get it out of you. You'll feel a lot lighter and you'll see how you're thinking. And then if you go back a few years, if you've been doing it for a bit, you'll get to see where you were thinking at the time. And you'll be like, man, what was I smoking back then? Heck, what, what was I not smoking back then, metaphorically? <laughs> Some of the stuff that I was going through or that you may be going through as the listener. And you realize, man, I'm glad that that situation may have gotten better or I may have gotten a lesson from that. and was able to get myself out of me. So that's another thing about mental awareness, being aware of your mental state, getting it down on paper, just getting it out of you and having really just tools to help you really deal with whatever issues you may have going on and to be able to be in that state where you can really be aware of yourself mentally and be the best version of yourself. That's, um, that's awesome. Uh, you said something about travel and pre pandemic, pre COVID, I'm not going to call it pre COVID because I think it's something else, but whatever, that's my, <laughs> that's my yep. thing. I think it's something else. And anyways, um, <laughs> I was doing a lot of it and mm. I have always wanted to travel. I always wanted to travel. Like there's, I want to travel the world, see everything. And it wasn't up until I got into Cambodia where it really opened up my eyes 
to what we have here and what we take for granted here. Like being in villages and seeing children with not even shoes, like just just mm-hmm. like some kind of clothing, just like, you know, girls with just a dress on, boys with just pants on, no shirt. And you come back here and you're, you're, you realize you're like, wow, like it really does open up your appreciation for what we have here and it, it's it's before this before this thing happened um i think a lot of people a lot of people weren't ready for it mm-hmm. and you know just being exposed to that like okay i'm greek so my parents grew my dad grew up in very poor in his village so he knew about this. So it didn't really bother him. My mom said, well, she wasn't really poor, but she wasn't well off either. And then they moved to Canada and they had nothing. <laughs> Immigrants, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's where I was going with this is that it's 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 easy for for even just one generation in when when you're like completely like given everything it's so easy to take for granted the things that other people don't wish they had like shoes for example and for us that are still living here in the wet in the in north america we have this hard time of trying to associate this kind of stuff and we want to be better we do we've i i i i humbly believe that every single human being out there wants to be better and they want to stay on the mental path but something happens in life pandemic right and they stray from the path what would how would you help somebody come back from that and just to stay on the proper path yeah one of the things that heck this so darn popular has been gratitude journals and just writing down things that you're grateful for and heck even asking folks questions like hey so you you're grateful for your job grateful for your family like that's awesome those are the big things but let's go even deeper to the smaller things like the material things that you mentioned with your travels to cambodia like you have shoes that's something to be grateful for you have a whole closet full of shoes that's even something greater to be grateful for because some people don't even have those shoes. Heck, even my mother who actually grew up during the darn civil rights era that even before she was born in 1940, when she growing up, she had some, <laughs> oh, she'll, hope she'll kill me. She ever listens to this, but she has some, she has some, she had some feet that were a little bigger than your average lady. Cause she's a tall lady. She's about a good five ten. And it was hard for her to get shoes. And she had to walk long miles to not only work for some slave, so for, for some uh, slave owners. And um, even though slavery was uh, abolished, I'd say from the Emancipation Proclamation, there was still some racism. There were still some things going on back then. And parts of South Carolina, are still some sundown towns where it's like if that street light is on get yourself indoors because you might hang from a tree the following day and just dealing with that there were times where she basically would have holes in her shoes 
And sometimes she wouldn't be able to have full shoes to where she could even mend them back together. Now to the point where she can have just about any pair of shoes that she wants to make sure that she tries to have them still while she's in her golden years now because she grew up in that time and just reminding people that we're in the land of plenty. Like even if you have a low salary for where you are, even though minimum wage doesn't cover the inflation prices going on nowadays and the fact that <laughs> the sad thing about minimum wage is that if they increase, they'll just increase everything else, which is kind of stupid to me. But <laughs> but back to the main thing of really just getting folks to think even deeper about the things that they have realizing that not everybody has what you may have, like this technology that we have. A lot of people would still kill for it nowadays because not everybody has access to it pre-pandemic. In the early days of the pandemic, like you're basically screwed if you didn't have it. Because like with myself, with this fancy virtual background I have, this wasn't available on a Google Chromebook because I had an old Windows 8 laptop where the camera was busted and I didn't really need a camera to do interviews. So I'm like, oh, I'll just not worry about it. But as things got along and folks wanted to, see another human because they were denied human contact it's like okay i guess i gotta upgrade my technology and just realizing that wow this is freaking amazing i have new heights here and it's really just going back and realizing that hey you have you're still blessed regardless of your level of material wealth no matter what level of material wealth you have if you're in north america you are blessed like it's it's rough still. It's definitely rough, like especially folks in California who are going through rough times because everything is so damn freaking high in terms of price. Like they put the weed on the freaking prices and it's taken them out of homes and put them in tents to where even though it sucks being homeless, not being in an actual home, for those who still may be able to enjoy the weather where it's not crazy hot or there may be a lot of rain that's still a blessing because it sucks to be homeless on the east coast during the winter and there's no shelter space because you'll basically die so make sure that you take down drill down to really just the small things and be grateful for the small things that'll help you be even more grateful for the big things and help heck even sometimes digging into their backstory and seeing if they may have had to scraping claw to wherever they got to today because a, a lot of things that tend to happen it's even <laughs> funny enough this even popped in my head with the wonderful israelites in that magical ancient book to where they got taken out of egypt and they were complaining but the thing is they were provided with bread from heaven and water every day to where they were able to be sustained and even though it wasn't even though some were greedy and some wanted to keep some of it they still were provided for so Really just realizing that, hey, if you still have food and water, if you still have at least one good pair of shoes that have no holes that are still holding you up and you still have a shirt on your back, you have something to be grateful for because there are people out there, tons of people who would trade places with you right now and they will probably dominate with what you have right now. So really just tapping into the power of gratitude and just tapping into their story and helping them realize, hey, you might have had, you probably weren't always where you are today. Um, that's so true. Um, uh, I personally know one guy that uh, my full-time job is IT in a hospital. And uh, we have, I have one of my colleagues there. He's an immigrant from Pakistan, I think. Now he's medium to higher class in Pakistan. 
but he came here and said, I want nothing. And mm-hmm. he started with nothing. The guy has five jobs. I'm like, wow, dude, you need a break. <laughs> dude, you need a vacation. You need a vacation. I do not need a vacation. You need the vacation. But um, the gratitude journal, I really like it because I, I utilize one too. Um, do you think it's important to, because le- you touched up on it a little bit where it's like, okay, uh, it's good to be grateful for like family and job and, you know, money and this and that. But do you also think it's important to add the why? Why are you grateful for that? Well, that's a powerful question. Yeah, man, it's definitely true because heck, like <laughs> the why is definitely important because if you have a strong enough why, as the saying goes, you can basically get through anyhow. And one of the biggest whys, like even asking yourself why five levels deep, heck, even seven levels deep of like, okay, so I want to get promoted. Why do you want to get promoted? Because I want more money. Okay, so why do you want more money? Because I want to take care of my family. Okay, so why do you want to take care of your family? Oh, because growing up, I had to deal with being with parents who weren't able to make ends meet. And I want to make sure that my family doesn't have to go through that as well. And just going down to that level of realizing that you want to be able to sustain and take care of those you love and just knowing that why. Because so, like the another thing about mental awareness, like tapping into your why can actually redirect you back north as a play on going north is to where you really need to be. So yeah, definitely the why is definitely important and knowing why grateful can take it to another level because really gratitude is really important and knowing why you're grateful that can take it to another level because it's, it's better to be grateful even if you have no why. And if you do know why you're grateful, that makes it even better. And why am I grateful? Because I could be dead. <laughs> I could be under the grass because sadly enough some people like especially black guys like myself don't make it to freaking 29 which is sad like that was even in the darn tupac records like i'm grateful to be alive to make it to freaking 21 and like live till you're 21 and some people get to that age and if they're lucky enough to get even further past that they're like oh crap wow i'm actually doing it like one day at a time i'm actually doing it so like i i could be dead i could be i could have had a different possibly family growing up like there's so many different things that could have happened and just being grateful and always keeping myself grounded so that way I don't become a tall poppy and folks are ready to cut me down with these magical machetes metaphorically even though some might try to do it in real life (laughs) is really what it's all about yeah I know what you mean I know exactly what you mean. Um, Changing gears a little bit, we're going to be talking about influence awareness. Now, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks about uh, in Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself in that book about trying to find the fact of some factors about yourself and trying to change those factors. Is that what you're what what you talk about what you're trying to say when you're talking about influence awareness? Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I still need to read that book, too. It's been on my reading list for God knows how long, years at least. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's really about actively making sure that you're in the right environment 
and making sure that as you change, because we all subconsciously change every six years, whether it be physically or mentally, or even maybe even emotionally. And if you're make it active, going back to that active effort again, that'll make it a lot better for you because intentional living makes it a lot better as opposed to living by default. Like we should live our lives by design and not by default. And one of the greatest things to do that is making sure that your environment represents where you want to be. Like, of course, vision boards, those are great. I have a desktop vision board every now and then, especially on my older laptop at the time. And heck, even writing my goals down in the present tense, like, hey, like I remember a few years ago, because I never even made a course of $40,000, I was like, hey, I make over $40,000 a year. Salary-wise, I have this new position where I'm actually supervising people. And as a couple of years went by, I realized, wow, I've actually surpassed these things in terms of the value because I'm over that salary range. And as for the supervisory position, folks see me as a demi-manager, as a supervisor, as a basically a dude is actually a full-time dude, but I don't have the title because, to be honest... <laughs> I'm not all about adult daycare. <laughs> I did that in Toastmasters and Voluntary Leadership. And I'm like, I could do the darn job, but I'd rather not. <laughs> i rather not. I, I, I got my, I'd rather keep my sanity. Thank you very much. So I dropped the, I dropped the management dreams and focused more on becoming an entrepreneur as a result. So influence awareness doing things to make your environment ready for the person that you want to become. Heck, even, I think it's one of Jack Canfield's success principles, act as if, basically writing your goals down and acting as if you're that keynote speaker, delivering keynotes all over the globe, making six-figure incomes, heck, maybe even becoming a millionaire to help even more people and to take care of your loved ones that you truly care about. Just acting as if you're already that magnetic, charismatic speaker and taking the action, doing the work to make that manifest in the world. Like, heck, even one thing's a story from one of my life coaches, the fact that even himself, like even the decluttering that I mentioned at the beginning of the acronym is that like decluttering is definitely a great way to clear some psychic baggage because they say that your outside environment is a mirror of what's going on in the inside. And if your room is cluttered, that means you may have some emotional psychic baggage you have to deal with and clearing your room is cleaning it and just getting rid of some old stuff, donating some of it to the goodwill or whatever is a great way to try to clear your mind. Because even though me being a Virgo, I can sometimes be a messy Virgo and it's like, okay, these books may be all over the darn place, but I know exactly where my things are. Don't mess with it. But at the same time, it's like when it's cleaned up, it's like, wow. I feel more energetic. I don't just walk around and be like, oh, God, this darn mess. As opposed to walking, it's like, oh, like, oh, I'm not tripping over my own shoes here. It's like, I know what's going on. And just having that environment ready for it. And heck, even keeping brain care in mind, like reading great material, listening to great material, watching great material like this podcast here, like great things and making sure that your environment re really reflects what you want your future to look like and what you want to get out of life. So just making sure that influence awareness is being aware of what's really around you, those influences, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you touch, what you smell, making sure that it's all things that'll help you get 
into that mental peak performance state to be able to deliver the goods. Yeah, uh, we're going to get into environment and sacrifice in just a little bit. But before we do, I want to talk about how uh, influence awareness, because you've spoken about this, is also based off of associations that you have. And um, I know there's a grumpy old man that lives in a Scottish castle. Some Mexican dude, that uh, American Mexican that lives in a <laughs> that lives in a Scottish castle is a really grumpy old guy, and he means the best for all his students. Uh, he says something that actually uh, well, I've already heard it from my own father, which is, "Show me your five friends. Show me five of your friends, and I'll tell you who you are." How true is it? that your associations can stigmatize yourself to the other people that are looking at you. Ah, pure thing. Fun story. Semi-fun story or, well, depends on the listener. I, I call it a fun story. So it's fun on the bun. Growing up, it was middle school. I had my first six years in public school. The last six grades of my grade school years were in private. What's what? What's the place? Onto Baptist High School, seventh grade, first day of school, sitting by myself because I'm an introvert. And back then, I was an introvert who didn't find his confidence yet. I didn't have my voice yet. I was uh, basically the, the the guy you're listening to today is a quiet kid that found his confidence, and I didn't find it back then. And I was sitting by myself at the table, first day of school, just eating some snacks or whatever, because I feel like eating a whole big meal back then. I was being shy, new kid on the block, all these other kids know each other. And this one kid, I think it was about a good 15 to 20 minutes left in the lunch period. Kid walks over, be like, hey, my name is John. How can I help you? And don't worry, it wasn't, don't worry, listeners, it wasn't your podcast host. <laughs> it wasn't, he's a good dude, but we don't go that way back. We don't go that far back. But he walked up to me, he was like, hey, you want to sit with me and my buddies over there? And I'm like, yeah, sure, this is freaking awesome. And he introduced me to his other two buddies, another guy named John and another guy named Jordan. So three magical J's. So it was a J party. It was a JD party. I was the only D at the J party. And we became good friends after that. And they were a grade above me. And they basically helped me avoid some pitfalls of the grade ahead. To help me better prepare me because that school at the time, 70% of your grades was based off of how well you tested. The other 30% was homework, classwork, and whatever the hell else they gave you. <laughs> and those guys, all three of them, they were basically skinny, I'd say. <laughs> except for uh, except for the other John Haggerty. He, it was a little more muscular. He um he played uh he basically played soccer and baseball. He he had a bigger build, but he was he he wasn't like full husky. He wasn't like like fat. He 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 was a I'd say a little stockier than the other two. But like hanging out with them two and coming into that grade, I was probably about a good uh, two hundred. I still had some huskiness in my own life, and then. Hanging out with them for a few years, I eventually became skinny. I got to about a good, not let's see. So at my peak ninth grade, I think it was like 240, probably 220, 240. And then I got down to about a good 160. And I was the fourth skinny guy in the group. <laughs> so that quote about show me your five friends, I'll show you a future is so darn true because hanging out with them i became more skinny and i became more interested in keeping myself active and having that active effort 
and really just taking myself north and advancing to becoming better myself because when you're in a group of folks who are skinny and athletic you don't want to be the fat kid like shoot i don't want to be the fat kid in the freaking group of skinny guys because like oh man that, that puts me at a disadvantage because i can't keep up with them so i it forced me to become better heck even in joining toastmasters international like being with those speakers helped me to develop new ways of speaking and polishing my craft and taking it from the classic church background that I grew up in to being able to incorporate more humor into my presentations and having a laboratory to practice my content, polish my content and sharpen my content, especially the delivery piece of it and making sure that it's clear so folks can understand it, helped me to take it to a new level. So that classic saying from the old guy in the castle so true show me your five friends i'll show your future i hang hung out with some guys who weren't heavyweights in the sense they they're basically skinny or lightweight and i eventually became skinny as a result hanging out with them and that helped me to up my game in living and speaking and doing all sorts of things so it's so darn true show me your five friends i'll show your future <laughs> I know it is true. <laughs> um, one of the hardest things, and I'm kind of in the midst, kind of in the beginning stages of this part where I'm getting ready to change my own environment. And there's a lot of sacrifice that has to come with this and it can be scary. I know. Cause I'm scared right now. Um, what would you say to somebody that is stuck currently in their life, stuck with their friends, stuck with their jobs, stuck with, you know, the people of influence that are around them? How can they turn this around? Ah, but good question. Good question. There's two laws of life and leadership that stick in my mind since I'm certified with John Maxwell. One of them is the 15 laws of growth, and you mentioned sacrifice. That is one of the laws of growth, sacrifice. In order to get up, you have to give up. Yep, we always have to give something up if we want to grow up and give and go up to a new level. You have to really give up something to reach a new level. Heck, even one guy, it's Rick Nasheed. He mentions multiple times in some of his broadcasts in the past, like he grew up, I believe it was in Alabama, Southern State. He was so tired of being in a small town in the Southern State and seeing a lot of adults that basically stayed in the same neighborhood all their lives with nothing really big to show for it. So he basically left that small town, went all the way out to California and basically became homeless, hang around a bunch of street dudes at night to keep himself safe and slept in libraries during the day while reading books and as well to up his mind's mindset to really give him some new thoughts and learn psychology, sales, and all sorts of other things, and heck, even become a bit of a historian. And that basically changed his life for the better. Like some, sometimes you have to change your zip code, really. You have to change your zip code, because like even back to with the whole Toastmasters thing, not only I became a better speaker, a better leader as well, because one of the things about success is that you have to show up and you have to contribute. They say the first rule of success is showing up. Well, all right, so you show up. That's good. Well, what do you do after that? Oh, yeah, contribute. Contribute your time, talent, and treasure. Your time is a viable asset. Your talent, 
great speaking is mine. Your talent may be computer programming or hooking up networks together to have them communicate together effectively, or even being able to sell igloos to a bunch of Eskimos. Like knowing your talent, being able to deliver that to wherever you are and getting noticed as a result with your time of basically using your time to deliver that talent to the rest of the organization and sometimes even treasure as well. Like there may be a great charitable organization that you want to give your charity to for those who may not go by the law of tithing, like tithing is actually pretty good. I put enough, <laughs> not, not a plug for tithing to a church. You can give 10% of the income to not just a regular religious organization, but to whatever actual organization that, is a true nonprofit doing genuine help for people that genuinely need it. Or there may be someone that you know where it's like, hey, they're truly struggling. And you know what? I think I'm going to give it to them this time around, this paycheck around just to them to help them out as a way of giving. Going back to the law of sacrifice, sometimes you have to really give up something to go up. And heck, there's also another thing too with the law of the lid. Sometimes there's a lid on top of us. Sometimes you can see yourself metaphorically as one of those teapots with the cover where the water's boiling. And sometimes you get to that boiling point where the steam comes out and you have to lift the lid and turn off the darn stove so you don't have a dark fire and the water spills over. So there may be a lid in your life. One of the lids that I, heck, sometimes stuff to deal with. It reminds me of this classic story about this night this powerful warrior gear freed iron knight powerful sword master every time he swung his sword the earth would shake sometimes we're so afraid of what we can do how powerful that we truly are what we can become that we dumb ourselves down so other folks can feel more comfortable and like that night we make a suit of armor to where we protect ourselves and hide our own power so that way if we swing a sword the earth won't shake you have to sometimes realize that sometimes the earth needs to be shaken up a little bit, metaphorically speaking, and realizing that even though intellectually this doesn't make sense, but spiritually in my heart, in my gut, I feel like I may need to listen to this. And nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, it's, the heart and the gut is usually right, usually. And following that gut decision, taking the steps forward and taking it one step at a time, it doesn't have to be radical all at once. It could be steps bit by bit. Heck, even going back to the, <laughs> a lot of stories here mixed into one, a lot of analogies, but <laughs> if you follow me, great job on you. Back to the change of zip code thing. In Toastmasters, I had this opportunity to become an area director and it would have happened in my own vicinity where I was already a member of a club in a certain part of Maryland. But there was another opportunity to hold a different level of leadership in a different part of Northern Maryland. And I took that opportunity where my day job commutes like five minutes, but driving to all these different clubs, at least 30 minutes a piece. That actually changed my life because I was in a totally different environment around different people in a different part of Maryland that I usually don't go to. And that eventually led me to rise through the ranks again to where I was overseeing 17 clubs out in the Northern Maryland area and meeting all sorts of random people that I would never meet out in the street on the daily if I didn't change my zip code. And that helped me to develop better ways of communicating and learning how to effectively connect with other people from different backgrounds because I like to call myself an old soul in the Sonic youth because my parents were basically senior citizens when I came around. So I had to grow up quick 
that allows me to better connect with those of an older generation and those of my generation to be able to connect with them with some of the interests that we may have as well and being able to mesh the two and practice that meshing ability happened because I changed my zip code and learned that, Hey, I can actually do this thing here. I can actually lead it and I can actually become a better leader because at the end of the day, we're all leaders. Everybody that wakes up, they're a leader. Like leadership is not about title or position. Leadership is about influence, nothing more, nothing less. And people see, and people do, and people see that you're doing something good. They in turn eventually want to do something good within their own lives in general and sometimes you have to make that sacrifice you have to give up to grow up and then that lid you may have to let go of the intellectual piece when you're in your mind so much that sometimes it may not make sense in your head especially as men because we like to go on logic here and sometimes this may not be totally logical but like this nagging itching feeling that sometimes fear is the compass of where we need to go. Something that you may fear may be where you need to go. Like you may feel like, oh man, I don't want to leave the freaking country and go to another state or heck even move somewhere else. But sometimes, you know, it's like something may be coming and you're like, man, I might be one of those wise men seeing danger ahead. And, it, and that's probably my inner gut telling me, hey, maybe I should get away from that danger and just taking the steps to move that forward. And sometimes doing it afraid. Sometimes we have to do it afraid too when we don't want to. So that's really the advice I give to people is that if you want to grow, you're going to have to give something up. And sometimes you have to lift up the lid in your life that may be holding you back. I really like that. I, I really, really like that because that whole concept of fear, going into your fear and trying to understand it, uh, it's something that I've been living my life for the past 15 years, maybe, maybe longer, when ever since I got into Sistema and martial arts, Russian martial arts, they teach you, okay, it scares you, good, step into it. <laughs> yep. That guy scares you, good, go fight him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that guy that's six, five and just all muscle and no, and nothing else, he scares you, good, go fight him. Because <laughs> you really do find a new level of yourself and you do realize that you are more powerful that, and it's just something like something amazing is just like you said, like outside that lid that, that, that you have placed on yourself. It's just doing it. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's easier said than done, man. Like it's, that's the thing. Like I can give the advice and, people follow it and it works for them sometimes the hardest advice to receive is the advice you give to yourself <laughs> yeah yeah uh you touched up on uh, time awareness now i wanted to go into a little bit deeper on the difference between time awareness and time management because everybody's so like tied up in manage how am i going to manage my time manage my time but the time awareness is an interesting concept that you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Call it time awareness because of one, you know, self-awareness, being aware of your time. And two, there's a deeper level. And another book. I wonder how many books are recommended this past freaking 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour. Another book. This was a small one. And it's a colorful short one called Attention Management by Mara Neville Thomas. Attention Management by Mara Neville Thomas. 
phenomenal woman. And she wrote this book and she's been probably preaching it for about a good 10, 15 years about how time management doesn't exist. It's really attention management because one of the most valuable currencies on earth, it ain't no greenbacks and it's not even Bitcoin. It's your time and your attention. Time you never get back. And how you're going to spend that time is depending on where you put your attention on. Because, like, heck, even I was part of an accountability group for 60 days that we came out of. And even though all three of us, we didn't accomplish everything that we said we wanted to accomplish, we were better off for it. But one of the major things that held us back is the fact that we let our attention go in different ways. One person in particular, they wanted to have their, they wanted to get their taxes done. And like every, <laughs> every week, <laughs> taxes weren't getting done. But good thing she asked for a freaking extension because if she didn't, Uncle Sam would have been like, hey, I'm, I'm Uncle Assassin. I want my paper. <laughs> Even though the country ain't paying nobody else. Pay. But anyways, <laughs> it's all because the attention went to other ways. It went to other directions. Me, myself, one goal I set for myself that I wasn't able to accomplish was reading through the Bible in 60 days. And one of the major things that held me back is that with me being a Christian, there were so many new revelations that popped into my head that I had to write down. And I was originally going through different Bibles. I went through a study Bible where they had all these illustrations. It was the Life Principle Study Bible by Charles Stanley with his wonderful thoughts. I'm like, wow, I just got to sit on this a bit. And then I switched over to a common English Bible where there's no commentary, just raw scripture. And I did better with that. But the thing was, I didn't finish it in 60 days because I was so ended up focusing on trying to get the quality, the meat out of it, as opposed to the quantity. And the thing was, even though I didn't reach my goal, I got some new thoughts from a same book that I haven't read from start to finish in a few years because I still read it every now and then, I still try to read it at least every day, but I haven't really had a focused active effort on actually finishing the book from start to finish because I did it 2012, but I didn't do it again after that. And that was all because of attention measurement. My attention went to different things, different aspects. Like heck, if, even with this darn COVID situation for last year, at the beginning, I'm like, man, my internet business is going to soar. I'm going to quit my freaking job when this is freaking over, maybe. This thing's going to be like two weeks. And then two weeks became freaking a month. And then a month became freaking three months. And then three months became a freaking year and a half. <laughs> and I have something to show for it, but I don't have everything that I intended to show for it. And it's all because I got back into video gaming as a way to keep myself a little distracted. I got back into... RPGs like Final Fantasy and Persona 5. Like I got into those things that really just as a way of a distraction that took away some of my attention from things that I felt like I really wanted to do, but I was still able to get things done, like getting a co-author project in, growing and expanding my podcast because I interviewed over 137 authors last year. 134 of them were appeared on the podcast for the first time because folks got wind of podcasting how great it is and they we realized oh this this guy's actually doing something let me get on a show and really just expanding it to that level doing virtual summits speaking on virtual summits and guesting on other shows and really just growing that so even though 
I didn't get everything done because I got distracted. I still got some things done. And it's all because I wasn't managing my attention the way that I would have loved to. It's kind of like that classic phrase that <laughs> man makes plans, God laughs. Or my favorite version of that, the Mike Tyson quote, everybody has a plan, so they get punched in the face. It's like, hey, I'm going to plan to make this magic happen here. But uh, distractions, boom, <laughs> get that shovel hook right in your gut. Like, you're going to sit right here. You're going to scroll through this social media, buddy. And you're going to play this PS5, buddy. It's like, God oh, damn it. <laughs> So attention management, it's not about managing your time, it's managing where your attention goes with the time. I love, I love the quote with Mike Tyson. I love Mike Tyson and how raw he is with everything. It's, he's great. He's just absolutely amazing. And I feel you on the RPGs, trust me. I've lost six months of my life to like Star Wars galaxies. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> You sit down on that computer, you open it up, and all of a sudden it's time to go to sleep. You're like, whoa. <laughs> I had this huge thin list of things to do. It's like, where did it go? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. How can, is, there, is there a way somebody can set like specific flags to keep their attention to where they're supposed to go? Like, I agree that you do need some time for yourself to play some video games or watch some mindless Netflix shows. At what point do you think it's, it's important for people to like snap out of it and get, you know, the job done again? Uh, yeah. So one, one thing that I recommend folks to do now is to set notifications and alarms on your phone. That's the beautiful thing. Notifications that comes on your, on your smartphones. And most folks have them these days. And it's like, if you use that to wake up in the morning, why don't you use it to wake yourself up from distractions? And you can set a timer. It's like, hey, I'm a game for 30 to 60 minutes. And alarm goes off. It's like, okay, all right, my time is done. Let me get on to something else and get myself physically away from this darn distraction. And like, that's one of the things, like I have a separate place where I record and do all of this stuff as opposed to a different room where there's a TV with the gaming system because if it's all in the same room, ain't nothing going to get done. So setting alarms and just giving yourself blocks of time to really do that because one of the heck, even one activity, there's multiple names for it. Some people call it the 15 minute miracle where you schedule out your whole day in 15 minute blocks. So if you want to take that to the next level, do that. In addition to make it even stick out to you more, set alarms and notifications on your phone to go off after a certain amount of time I, I think they even call it the pomodoro technique where you set like 30 minutes to do something and you try to get as much done as that activity in those 30 minutes it it kind of bleeds into that as well but really just setting alarms on your phone and just giving yourself that time to enjoy what you're doing but also give yourself time to try to make progress on what you're doing as well and the other thing about awareness, especially for those who are writing, and heck, in my case, too, uh, since I'm more of the inspirational guy as opposed to the fiction novel guy, even though that will come eventually as the years go by, is to also being open to new ideas, being open to creativity, making sure that you ink it when you think it. If someone's in the writing phase, if someone's listening right now and they're trying to write a book or something, to keep something nearby a pen or a notepad to make sure you write down some thoughts that may come to you. Because one thing I've also noticed that sometimes, even though it can be mindless to be doing the whole gaming, the Netflix streaming, 
when our brain disengages, it kind of re-engages back into that main idea. Because funny enough, um, with my second book, Stay the Course, it was probably about the end of July, early August, when I was doing a heavy two hours of kickboxing and CrossFit, where it looked like I was in a baptism. That's how much sweat I had that freaking day. And when I got into my freaking car, I had this blink of inspiration to where I wanted to have to write basically a bunch of content and that became the last chapter of my second book stay the course because i was disengaged from the activity and it actually led back and creatively fed back into my main goal so making sure you not beat yourself up too so just a quick recap using your notification slash alarm clock on your phone to ring every time you do something so that way you keep yourself scheduled and keep yourself focused and then not beating yourself up when you do may fall a little by the wayside and realizing that, hey, if this can somehow creatively bring itself back into your main goal, if you're a creative and you're trying to create some content, then don't beat yourself up. Just be ready to ink it when you think it. Oh, I'm, yeah, I get some really amazing ideas when I'm watching like ancient aliens and just, just tuning out. Like, it's like, whoa, that's, never thought of that and then by the time the episode is over it's like completely just right over (laughs) (laughs) but i kind of i kind of agree with you with setting notifications but we have to do you believe that you have to be careful of making sure that doesn't become white noise at, at one point yeah yeah that's another reason why i have well then again there's different tunes to wake me up too so that's the other thing too like it can become white noise, but at the same time, like make sure it's different, like different sounds. So that way it's not the same white noise. So that way it'll give yourself a different aspect. Cause some, cause I have an eclectic music taste. So sometimes I may wake up to like a fuzzy track. And then sometimes I may feel like listening to some Paul Hardcastle, some smooth jazz. So making sure that it's different white noise too. And also even sometimes maybe even setting some sleep times like with the gaming thing like you could probably well then again that probably doesn't work it has to be idle but i guess for some things setting certain timers for things to go off like i know with one guy in particular yeah near el that's the guy wrote this book called indistractable one thing that he actually mentioned that he does that he turns his wi-fi off after 10 p.m so that way he could focus more on on his family and his wife and everything like that so also sometimes building in those defense mechanisms those fortresses so that way it's like ah like if i set it up this way it's going to be really really hard to really (laughs) get back to this activity so also making it hard for yourself to actually really keep going with a certain activity as well so if the white noise may not help probably have a setup or might even call johnny might even know the secrets to it <laughs> so where you can hook up your home and turn off the wi-fi so that way you can focus on your business <laughs> see the problem with me is that i work in it so i know how to bypass all that <laughs> so it doesn't work <laughs> for me so it's like I have a managed switch that's just <laughs> like, yeah, okay, here's the back door. Two seconds, I'm back in. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of connectivity, we're gonna be moving into connection awareness. Now, how is this different from influence awareness? 
Ah, yes, it's different from influence awareness because the thing is, it's really another aspect as opposed to influence that can involve not only the people you hang around, people in your network, it also is your environment as well as like things around you, what you watch, what you hear, all that other stuff. Connection awareness is more into the people aspect because those who are elite performers, they like to be around people that help them be at their best. And one of the things that elite performers do they have coaches the greatest coaches have coaches like therapists they're gonna need their own therapist i imagine i hope they have their own therapist because hearing other people's crap all day you're probably like man i gotta have someone to hear some of my crap you know we gotta spread this crap around <laughs> and put sharing some is caring. Burn. <laughs> yeah, there we go yeah that's, that's that's the way to say yeah there we go sharing is caring yeah 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 that's right sharing is all the caring <laughs> and just having uh that uh Wi-Fi signal open to meet wonderful people because one of the greatest things ever about being connected with wonderful people, heck, even in the book, there's a, used, used a, one of George St. Pierre's stories about how he had his first ever mentor, Christoph Maddox, that was actually his first MMA mentor, and he actually believed in him and was his mentor that helped him become the fighter that he, he is today because he basically helped him it's actually it's even is a call back to when you're training Sistema when he's like hey that big guy you're scared of him go ahead and fight him like George is like he would like Christoph would ask like hey you think you beat that guy yeah you think you beat that guy he's like ah oh, nah and these guys may have had like fights that may have appeared on TV before and then when he stepped in the ring with them he would make sure he would actually beat those guys because even though they may have been on TV that doesn't mean they were good or they may have had a bad day too because like someone's bad day could be your good day in the ring and you know we always get those lucky punches every now and then we could have a frank mere brock lesnar moment you never know <laughs> and that first fight where he tripped him up into that leg lock <laughs> because brock was ready for that crap and he could always get somebody like that that day and it's all because of connection awareness being around those people that help you to see some of the blind spots that you may not see yourself, but also see the diamond that you are, that you truly are. The classic story that I probably drop in almost every other podcast, the fact that this wonderful lady who saw the rich within myself that I didn't see within myself at the time. I was handing out this reading list to people called the one of the books for dynamic living. She looked at the list, looked right back at me, looked at the list, and then looked right back at me and asked me where my book was on this list because i didn't want to be that guy to hand out business cards i wanted to be remember i wanted to be memorable and remarkable and a reading list is a great way to connect with other people connection awareness and to connect me to my greater self she asked me where was my book on this list i said nah i'm 20 freaking 223 at the time i ain't got no book to write she dared me to write a book i said no she dared me again, but this time offered to join the cause and she would write a book too. I said no. A couple days passed. Q&A session. We're in the Toastmasters meeting. Speech was about advancement. Mentioned no books in that presentation. Kind of a surprise since I like to drop book titles all, all the time, every dang day. And the guy in the audience, a good friend of mine who published his book, and I got on him because he didn't publish a sequel to his book, asked me during the Q&A session, hey, Dom, when are you going to publish your book? And I'm like, you mother fudger. <laughs> I wanted to drop kick him because that wasn't even part of the deck speech. And I didn't even want to deal with that. And I'm like, man, I don't want to look like a darn coward in front of everybody. Kind of back to that fear thing. 
And I said, you know what? A year from today, I'm going to write my freaking book. After the meeting was over, after they gave me a nice little ovation, I was like, go, Dom, go get them. And months passed, and folks probably didn't even think it was going to happen. A year later, came back, book was published. Millennial author, first book, first etched to the business of immortality, all because I was reaching out to people, connecting with people. And in turn, that good karma came back, and they connected me to something within myself that I truly didn't see as close within reach because some heck even a lot of times we can underestimate our own abilities our own power and we can underestimate the time that it takes to really tap into what we can really do be and become and sometimes just need that coach that mentor that good human being that good friend that encourages you to really chase after what you need to get out of life and to realize that you can do this right now with the tools that you have you don't need the whole entire toolbox. Sometimes you just need a hammer, a nail, and a couple two-by-fours to really make that freaking bird box of greatness. So use the tools that you're having you, and be around those people that help you to realize that you have tools that you need to succeed. You don't need this whole $3,000 course full of information you probably already know. You probably don't need all these other tools all the time like and always invest in yourself. Don't get me wrong. That's always a plus. But really get around those people. Be connecting with those awesome people. Like the ABC of really networking. Always be connecting. Always be connecting with great people, especially that see the riches within you that you may not see within yourself yet. That is... Uh for an introvert and speaking from from experience because i'm like the world's biggest introvert that is like the hardest <laughs> thing that you could ask somebody to do is like go into a room full of strangers and just start connecting with people what tip can you give someone to help them because you're right you're right on every single point that you said especially when it came when it came to um other people are seeing you in a different scope and that you're not seeing yourself in. So what tip can you give an introvert that is afraid to go and mingle with people? Yep. Sure thing. Yeah. So one thing I like to one thing I like to recommend people to do is join, just go to the local Toastmasters meeting. And the thing about it is folks are like, Oh, Toastmasters public speaking. I got to die, right? Like, no, nobody dies from public speaking. Like, heck, even the guy, William Henry Harrison, he, folks like to jokingly say he died from public speaking. No, he died because he gave a two-hour speech in the freaking dead of winter cold and freaking died of pneumonia because <laughs> he's being stupid. <laughs> like, you don't give a two-hour speech in the dead of winter at nighttime because you won. <laughs> <laughs> you say your piece sit down shut up like you don't have to always show your toughness all the dang time <laughs> r.i.p to the dude but say no one died from public speaking it's really about being in a place where other folks are there to grow and there may be other places out there but i recommend toastmasters because it's a nice low-cost investment like under a hundred bucks a year if if you join the plate join the club and you're around people who just want to get better and overcome their fear of public speaking and heck maybe even some people in there heck even i was one of those people where i was at a different level where it's like i was already already considered myself a great speaker and communicator 
but I was there to net, really network with other people and secure a speaker for a public speaking seminar for my church at the time. And usually each club, they range from anywhere between 10 to 25 members. So it's not like a big group of people. And that helps you start small. And if you're in a room where everybody has the same goal to get better, then that'll make it easier for an introvert to really be in an environment. It's like, okay, everybody wants to be better. It's like, okay, some may be a little on the crazy side of the game and they may want to advance their own agenda. But at the end of the day, we all still want to become better. And just taking one step at a time, maybe saying hi to a person or a person may say hi to you and come from a place of service as opposed to coming from a place of selling or trying to get your story out there all the time. And even introverts may not even want to share their story in terms of being shy or whatever. And to really come from a place of service and do more listening than you do speaking. Because the more you listen, the more you take in, you may help that person down the road and they may introduce you to other people that you might enjoy their company. And then that'll help you build up that network of great people. So really, if someone's an introvert and they may be like, hey, I recharge by being alone and I don't like being around people who really like to do small talk and talk about the weather all the freaking time. It's like, I don't like it. But hey, sometimes a little BS, just a little BS belief system will take you a long way because sometimes you have to get through the mud to be able to get to the freaking clear water. So that's really advice to give the introverts out there that we're get to a place where Folks have the same true agenda if it's a good one to help others to get better in a low impact area for introverts. So that way, once you can conquer the small waters, be a little fish in a small pond, eventually become a big fish in a small pond, then you can humpback whale jump into a bigger pond. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I always I always liked uh, starting small and scope uh, scaling out, but I also like being alone. Yeah. very important yeah um habit awareness now how as a personal trainer i detest habits because um my whole concept of 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 a habit is can lead you to a destructive state however having proper habits can actually propel you into greatness so i want to get your point of view on how important it is for somebody to have good habits in their life oh yeah good habits are definitely important to have in your life because <laughs> bad habits well they lead you closer to a place where you probably don't want to be <laughs> one of the major habits i had to change in my life a few years ago because well well, some of it was kind of, it was in my control, but it wasn't really in my control because I had a full-time job at the library as my day job. I was doing the volunteer leadership thing at Toastmasters, which is like a full-time job, overseeing 17 clubs, having three direct reports. And then two of those direct reports dropping out that same year because one, her father was going through some illness. And then my second direct report his father was going through a type of cancer. I believe it was pancreatic cancer. So it's like, okay, so that's acceptable. And it's like, I had to pick up the slack because it was around, I think it was February that year. 
And I'm like, I am not going to try to recruit another direct report <laughs> and try to train them up. And they're not even going to get credit for it because they didn't serve the whole entire year. Because I don't feel like going through the dang interview process. I got no freaking time for this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm picking up their slack. And then being one of the caregivers for my dying father who had darn dementia at the time. So with all of those hours out of the 168 hours in a week, probably I only maybe got, if I was lucky, 20 hours of sleep a week. <laughs> Luck, if I, if that. Some days I wouldn't even get no sleep because he was sundown, where during the day he'd be taking them naps. Like, mom would try to keep him awake. I'd try to keep him awake, but sometimes it wouldn't always work. And he'd be up and at him all night, creeping through the house. Sometimes PTSD kicking in from his time serving in the military as a paratrooper in World War II and in the Vietnam, not Vietnam, the Korean War. And really just having just, that's kind of where the crossfit and the kickboxing came in, the boost up the strength to try to hold him down at times to really get him to calm down a bit because he would be sunned out through the night, had to stay up and really make sure he didn't do nothing stupid or try to run away or something. Getting no sleep and having that lack of sleep Let's me being short with people on occasion and not being the best guy to be around. Now, granted, thank God in my performance review that year, they said, even though you had all that crap going on, imagine it was going on. You still gave good customer service, both to the internal customers of your colleagues and the external customers of the community, people that were coming for the resume help, computer help, and all the other jazz. And one of the major things about that is that it led to me gaining a bunch of weight didn't have the best diet, not drinking enough water. And one of the things about water, classic example, we all know what we need to do and it's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. And that's the thing about certain habits, it's easy not to do things because it's so easy to do. And those things led to me gaining about a good 64 pounds. And I was able to knock off a good 25 plus of those pounds at the time of that publishing of the book because I was able to get back to drinking more water, focusing, drinking as much water as I call it, can every half hour to 45 minutes or so every day, as opposed to like gulping a bunch of water. So that way my brain can stay hydrated. And that way I can focus on keeping my brain hydrated as well, because my father himself, one of the times where we had to take him to the emergency room, he was dehydrated because he wouldn't drink water. We give him water, but he'd take maybe a sip of it, whatever. And then the bottle would be there for us the freaking day. And he was dehydrated and that led him to doing more sundowning more often because there was no water helping the blood go to the head and there was no water keeping him hydrated. So wasn't getting any good sleep, wasn't hydrated. Even though sadly after his passing, I was able to get through getting more hours of sleep through the day and drinking more water, turn those habits around. Like that was help, helping me to get a little bit better with the habits as well as really just setting alarms for certain things kind of like earlier with certain activities as well so habits are a good thing because heck even one of the major things they did a study i think it was back in 2008 with that economic <laughs> recession in the us of a is that the whole country lost a good 50 billion dollars of productivity because people weren't getting enough sleep back then and i'm pretty sure not all of them were, were caregivers to their aging parents <laughs> i'm pretty sure that had to do with a lot of other things too and that's all because folks weren't getting sleep because the lack of sleep leads to weight gain being short with people and your well of patience <laughs> is probably at nil so that's the thing good habits is all about 
those things that'll help you benefit your future as opposed to making you have a bunch of psychic debt <laughs> to your body and not want to deal with anybody. So, you know, that's, that's the thing about good habits. Good habits, they build up over time, they compound over time, and it'll lead some great rewards as opposed to bad habits that also can compound like the whole late night slack snack thing that I'm sure you probably had to deal with as a personal trainer with some of your clients like hey i know she's a little slower this week what's going on buddy <laughs> i was like oh yes had it i had some uh, ben and jerry's <laughs> a couple weeks ago <laughs> and, and, and kudos to them for being honest because that takes balls to say it to your personal trainer to be honest <laughs> and really just go through that so yeah man <laughs> yeah i used to get that a lot uh it's like oh <laughs> you don't look too good today what did you do last night oh i had a couple beers oh really <laughs> why are you paying me this much amount of money <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. as yeah yeah you'd be shocked at some of the stories i hear like why can't i lose the weight well stop stuffing your face with burgers and and onion rings and you'll see the weight to come off but however i also do know that if you maintain a habit for too long it can over time become detrimental. This is one of the reasons why as a personal trainer, it's our job to keep switching the routines, give different stimuli to the, to the muscle. For, 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 for us, it's easy. It's every 21 days, 30 days. But how would you determine when a good habit starts to become detrimental to someone? Ah, uh, yes. A good habit can be detrimental to someone because sometimes you have to unlearn certain things. One morning I was having coffee with a, with a mentor of mine, uh, Dr. Ray Charles, episode 221 of the Going North podcast. Check it out after subscribing to John's show. Probably one of the best episodes of my podcast because he dropped a great nugget of wisdom that I still apply to this day because I had a book with me called The One Thing and it was a fabulous book. He read it too and we talked a bit about it. And he noticed that other few books around me and he was like, Hey, Dom, stop being a consumer and be a producer because the thing about reading, it's great for you, but sometimes you can read so much and be filled with so much head knowledge, so much in our heads that we have paralysis by analysis. And I had to unlearn the whole absorbing everybody's content and not producing any of my own content. Because that was a good habit. Yes, reading is a great habit. I encourage it. I'm a freaking preacher about it. Like, reading is great for you. I encourage reading. Read great material all the time. Read, read, read. But if you don't do anything as a result of your reading, then what are we doing? Especially if it's nonfiction stuff to really help you try to grow your life, grow your business, and be a better human being, and be a better man, be a better woman, be a better human being. And if we're not doing anything as a result for that, if reading a bunch of self-help for entertainment, then you'll have basically sarcastic positivity where your sarcasm is dressed up as positive thinking. And just as an example, and you may know everything, but if you don't do anything as a result, then it's not benefiting you as a result because that's the thing. Like, just like with good habits, with my mentor, he shared that with me out of the blue and that led to that reading list that happened and eventually the books podcast and everything else that's out there and that is to come and it's all because a good habit 
even though it was beneficial, it was also detrimental because I wasn't doing anything with it. Heck, even with the one thing that actually held me back with Toastmasters, like the thing was, I was volunteering and saying yes to so many things, so many opportunities just to build up my leadership chops and really get around more people and become a better leader, better human being and saying yes to so many things that to my detriment. That heck even reminds me of one of the magic words from <laughs> one of my instructors in life. Any so, John, out of curiosity, any idea what that magic word might be, my friend? Just say no sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. He got it right. Well, then again, I probably I probably fed it to you by saying yes to so many things. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, I probably, I prob yeah, I probably, that's, that's probably made it an easy guess. But yeah, just saying no to certain things. <laughs> Not saying yes all the time. It's great to say yes, but sometimes saying yes too much can lead to your detriment. It, it even goes back down to the beginning of the Mitch, like the Mitchell awareness and really just awareness, the thesis of the book, Stay the Course. Awareness is the key of elite performers. It's what separates the great from the greatest. True awareness, true self-awareness in multiple areas of life and knowing what may cause you habits. Like even in going back to the book winning, like one thing that Tim Grover mentioned Michael Jordan to do was to eat a steak before a playoff game. And he wasn't saying, hey, everybody read this book. If you got a basketball game, read a big old steak, buddy, for that protein for more energy. No, he just recommended that to him because he was getting gassed out like three quarters in. And steak stays in your body a long time, longer than any fruit or vegetable will. Like, it can stay in your body for days. So that allowed him to have more of a well of energy to draw from. So just basically being in that consistent state of awareness, so being aware of what is good for you may also be bad for you as the classic quote to really put it all together is that what's easy to do is also easy not to do. Yeah. Um, I was first introduced to just saying yes to everything to move your life forward uh, at the beginning of this year, which is 2021. Uh, and when I first heard it, I was like, dude, that's exhausting. <laughs> I'm not going to say yes to everything that comes around my way. And I asked the guy, I'm like, are you saying you say yes to everything? I go, are you not exhausted? He goes, sometimes saying no is saying yes to yourself. And I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Uh, the one thing that I do know is bad habits. I have them. We all have them. We're human beings. We all have bad habits and breaking them are extremely difficult to do. How can you help somebody break a bad habit? Ah, uh, yeah. Another one of those easier said than done moments, replace a bad habit with a good habit. And try to stay as consistent with it as you can. So, heck, even with um, in my own life, like one bad habit with the reading, I decided to focus more on the writing. And as a result, I basically tried to journal a lot more often during the days. And heck, even another one of the questions I like to ask myself is what 
did I learn today and focusing on what I learned, whether that was from a bad interaction with a customer or maybe from being on John's podcast again. Congrats on episode 50 of the long form podcast, which is freaking awesome. Like that takes freaking consistency and dedication because this crap ain't easy as we both freaking know. And so many people pod fade because they see Joe Rogan with a big old multi-million dollar contract. And we're like, man, maybe if I interview a bunch of people, I'll freaking get it without knowing that there's a whole freaking story behind there's a there's, everybody's got a backstory y'all everybody has a freaking backstory that podcast was his only thing like he he like dude that was doing the fear factor doing ufc commentary and it's a stand-up comedian has his own business like the podcast that was just fun for him heck even in a past interview where they asked him like hey when did he feel like he finally got it he felt like he finally got it after episode 150 of the show and like episode 150 folks are lucky if they even make it to episode 20 and like that took consistency like with my podcast itself like one of the habits that really helped me to really replace that was really setting business hours for myself after work as well because before it would basically just set a few hours like hey all right so i have this time or whatever we could do this interview at this time or whatever and that was okay. I was able to, especially in the beginning, since I didn't know what I was doing. But when I got a scheduling app called Calendly, where I have a set amount of hours of where I interview people, that'll keep me focused and it'll keep that time focused. And I've noticed that during the pandemic, now granted, I, 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 I do make adjustments for certain people too, especially if I really want to have them on the show and whatnot. I'm not, I'm not like, super hard discipline like no if you can't record during these hours you're not on the show because i gotta account for time zones like freaking 7 p.m might be freaking 3 a.m for some people where they at. so gotta gotta try to meet people where they're freaking on that's another reason too but having that discipline in place of setting those business hours made me more productive and like my internal body clock knows like, hey, after this certain time, it's it's dom time to listen, have fun, have a great conversation, be my best self to be able to build them up in the process. They share great content. They get the publicity. They get some good help. And then I get some gems, too, to help me better my life as a result. And basically having that habit in place of setting business hours for the podcast and everything else to try to stick to that discipline. And then after a good shoot 30 67 days like that really just became a great habit over time as opposed to just really just sending out a bunch of emails back and forth with people sometimes and all this other nonsense and really just making sure that things are straight focused because that internal body clock also performs a lot better because a couple times i actually extended the hours a little earlier and my body was like hey wait a second something feels off here why am I talking to this person right now? <laughs> They're great people, but it's like, hey, something doesn't feel right. And when I took some of that extra time off to really getting it back into the normal, I was like, okay, all right, this makes sense. So that's really what it's all about. Trading, trading bad habits for good habits, sticking to them as much as possible, not beating yourself up in the process because we're all human. And that'll actually reinforce you because the thing is like, we always remember negative moments to stick out a lot better better for us. But the thing is, positive moments, they also stick to us too if we stay consistent with them and we don't always beat ourselves up with it. 
because we can be our own worst critics. Like it, it, it like the, the most nasty person on Twitter does not compare to our inner thoughts. So making sure that you don't beat yourself up in the process as you go along too. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, when I first started podcasting last year, exactly last year, I was this time, uh, my podcasting coach, uh, she told me, uh, don't expect to make millions of dollars off of podcasting. This is a labor of love. And it really, really, really is. Like I get so much value off of this. It's not even, not even, it's crazy. It's crazy. So we are coming close to the end of the show. And these are six or seven questions that I ask all my guests. And I just like to get your feedback and your perspective on these questions. With the increase in people suffering from depression, from the constant uncertainty of lockdown, reopen, lockdown, reopen. What would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Ah, One thing, and that is two words, you matter. You definitely matter because no matter what's going on in the outside, if you have inner peace within yourself, the outside crap doesn't matter. If you can stay on your square and your bubble and try to make the best out of your situation, then everything else won't matter because with everything with these darn lockdowns, it put people at their worst and some people were shown at their worst and a lot of people aren't alive to tell the tale about it. If you're still alive to tell the tale about it, then that means you are here for a reason because that shows that you had the courage not to off yourself. You had the courage to realize that you have people that rather talk with you through your nonsense, through your troubles, as opposed to seeing you lifeless in a darn box. Like we rather talk to you now and keep you alive than to be at your funeral. Like that's the thing. So we're, always remember that you matter and try to see if you can turn your lemons into lemonade like turn your setbacks into a story forward into greatness and try to see what you can do to make the best of your time because myself heck even last year at first i was like man what the fudge is going on here like this is freaking crazy like oh man i might freaking die if i go outside the way i'm watching this freaking news like i broke <laughs> even broke my own darn rule temporarily of not watching the news because I wanted to see what that was going on and all that crap. They're like, Oh, this many caught it. This many died. People are dying like crazy. Like oh, overseas, there's like freaking 500 burial plots in this one area of people who died from COVID. And it's like, <sighs> like, yes, people died. Not, not all from COVID. A lot, a lot of it was fear too. Like the, 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 if it wasn't the damn COVID, it was the fucking fear that they put in your freaking heads that did it. And if you were alive through all that BS and all that darn setback and all that freaking trouble, you definitely matter. You have a story to share, a story to tell, and someone else to help. And always remember that. Never forget that you matter. Amen to that. Amen to that. Where do you see Dom Brightman International in the next five years? Uh, Don Bremen International in the next five years is going to be a full-time, fun, on a bun, good time. Keynote speaking, podcasting, probably every day out of the freaking week, or at least <laughs> episodes going up every day out of the freaking week. I just expanded to Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Funny enough, the show started as a once-a-week sort of thing. Then June of 2018, went to thursdays went, went to thursdays and mondays and then june of 2021 i'm like all right so do i 
keep it closed in and folks have to wait until january 2022 for the episode to go live nah nah what the fuck just go for it let's have saturdays yeah let's do it i got the concept for it and yeah it's been freaking amazing a lot for more people and i have a goal to show it to that interview at least over a thousand authors across the globe and at the time of this recording, I believe I've interviewed about a good 466 authors and not all the episodes have gone live yet. So, yeah, I'm it definitely full time keynote speaking, more books published I, in five years. I'd say this year I, need, I plan on publishing another book. So I'd say at least two or three more books will be published doing full time keynote speeches, tr- leadership training and development because everybody's a leader. We all just need development to make ourselves better. You can all have that leadership six pack, that self leadership six pack, metaphorically speaking, and just helping other folks advance and being the best versions of themselves possible. Awesome. What about you personally? Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh yeah, that's right. Chocolate. That's right. I'm going to be full chocolate. Let me stop. I'm already full chocolate for ladies. Let me stop. (laughs) But yeah. Going to be in better shape, definitely five years, definitely five years. Picked up a back in the martial arts arts game and really keeping myself more fit than usual and really just being able to enjoy life a lot more because, like, that that's the thing. I'll, I'll be a lot more financially free in five years. It'll definitely happen. Not saying to be millionaire status, maybe millionaire, maybe multimillionaire, maybe even billionaire, who knows? But definitely financial free is the main thing where – I don't have to clock in to any darn job. I can clock into my freaking life (laughs) and do what I desire to do. That'll help other people within reason. Like when when we say do what you want to do, like do things that are beneficial, not like just go out and then just fight a bunch of alligators like that. That's not great. If you want to do that and you actually live more power to you, that's not me. I just want to go out and help people be the best version of themselves more as possible, being more fit not only physically, but also financially, heck, even spiritually too, because that's always an always ever-growing, evergreen option as well, because there's no real, there's no real peak to that. It just always keeps happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you consistently grow as a person. If you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? Oh, yeah, that's easy. So basically 20 years old, 20 year old Dom, join Toastmasters, read all John Maxwell's books and change your freaking life for the better. Oh, yes. And do an aggressive form of professional self-development because um, at 20, I was probably about a year in with the whole Taekwondo training. So making sure you stick to the Taekwondo, never drop it. Like join Toastmasters, give speeches, read John Maxwell's books and a bunch of other books on leadership, persuasion, sales, psychology, history and all the other good stuff. Stick with your martial arts training. Heck, even up it. Like, make sure you try at least get there at least a good three to four times a week as opposed to two to three times a week. So that way you'll be a lot better and keep up with that and just do a lot more aggressive forms of professional development and try to have less fear. Like, take take more freaking risk, especially calculated risk, because I got some success now, but I feel like if I didn't hold myself back, I wasn't too darn conservative about certain things. I might've been even further along. Now, granted, I might not be, I I probably would (laughs) have, I don't know. It would have been interesting today if I, if I would have had the, would have, would have had that extra growth at 20 as opposed to like 22, 23. So yeah, 
start start off sooner with the personal development looking back would you change anything <sighs> right now the story is being told so with that question before i guess it probably would have been yes start the personal development journey sooner but right now i have to say no not not really because it's because right now am i where i want to be no but i'm making pretty decent progress so yeah i probably wouldn't probably wouldn't change a thing definitely wouldn't change a thing because uh funny enough i had a car accident on my 21st birthday and if i didn't have it i probably wouldn't have a impactful story this year so <laughs> i probably wouldn't even change a thing <laughs> That's 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 good. That's good. I really like that answer, by the way. I really do. Like everybody who answers that question like that is like, you guys got it. You guys got it. Uh, what scares you? Uh, police. Let me stop. <laughs> oh, come on. Stop it. There's good no, scenes good. and they're bad scenes. Okay. I'm not a cop, but I have friends who are and they are good people. Are just trying to make, just trying to go home to their wives, but there are bad cops, just like people. It was a bad joke the first time and I had to do it again. You know? so <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Funny enough, uh, two of the guys that, that are still my close friends today, both of their dads are retired police officers. One was a chief of police. So, yeah. And the heck, even police collected me with my, um, with my dad with Alzheimer's. So I actually love, actually love the police. It's, it, it's the race soldiers in the police force. I don't like, but, um, what actually, uh, scares me is actually not being, I'd say really not living to where I need to be and not being able to really have the freedom to be able to actually do things to really help other people. Because like, the thing is like, Heck, even with that whole Christian school thing, I felt like I was being handcuffed as I was growing up because of the whole discipline thing. And they really put it into your head. Like we had Bible classes, but uh, a lot of the books, the textbooks they had, they were from a certain university called Bob Jones University. I'm not sure if that thing is around still. Hey, who knows? It might still be around, but uh, just being trained in one certain way and thinking that everything else out there is evil. When you realize, you know what, actually, talking to a certain type of people it's like you know what that you they're human like me they just have a different way of living they have a different way of just doing things like so really just not being able to try to live up to what i really can do and also the fact that really not being able to truly i guess connect with people for lack of a better word it's kind of hard to put the second part in the words because it's like my mind would like two different ways of i went to a fork in the road with it so let's see not living up to potential that's probably the probably the main thing main thing because i love getting better like like seeing your own personal growth and action and comparing it to your past self is freaking amazing mm -hmm. like it's, it's it's it feels freaking great mm -hmm. absolutely it does when you can see it <laughs> oh yeah yeah, I got five eyes and sometimes I can still be blind. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Where can people find more about you? Oh, yeah. Since we're visual right above my head, it ain't no halo, but it's dombrightman.com, baby. That's right. Dombrightman.com. All things Dom is there. All my social media handles are at Dom Brightman. So easy branding, easy finding all across the board on dombrightman.com. And be sure to subscribe to the going 
North podcast and buy a copy or 95 of Stay the Course, the Elite Performance Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success, because it's under 100 pages and it's easy read. So, yeah, pick it up, change your life, change your friend's life. You might even feel like a squirrel with a bushy tail afterwards where you want to get all the nuts you can because you're a wonderful, nutty human being. It's like, oh, they look nuts, but they're actually doing something freaking awesome. All on DonBrayman.com. <laughs> and uh, I will post all the links to all your content um with the show notes below so everybody has easy access to it any final thoughts oh yeah shoot well thank you man like <laughs> thank you job a man like one one of my life mottos that i learned from the passing of my father is to never hesitate to show gratitude never hesitate to show gratitude heck yeah i'll flow back another story <laughs> it'll be a short one though is <laughs> the fact that toastmaster international had this part of the meeting table topics. Guy called me up to speak. Question was, who are three people that are responsible for your current success in life? My parents were the first two names because we only had one to two minutes to talk about it. After I was done, guy said, hey, next level, thank them. That's what I did. Ran to the nursing home following morning since it was around 9.30 p.m. past visiting hours when the meeting was over. Thank my father for what he did for me because he encouraged me to get my education. And he made sure that I had the best to carry, pray for me every single morning of my life. And he was a man of faith. He, he wasn't perfect, but he was a man of faith. And I thanked him for everything he did for me. He took care of me, inspired me to become who I am today and what I'm doing to keep going. And he passed away three days later after that. And that is to bring some awareness to your listeners, if not already a reminder, those that you love, those that it really inspired you to be great. If you have an opportunity to connect with that hero, that person that has helped you become better, find them, thank them, give them the roses now while they can smell them. Be grateful for them now because they may go off into the next world not knowing that you appreciate them and that they were appreciated. And that may help them pass on easy into the next life. So never hesitate to show gratitude. Um, that's really deep thank you for that um i know i had a conversation with my cousin going back a little bit like maybe a couple of weeks ago and uh his mom called and he's like oh like like rowdy and this and that and then he hangs up the phone he looks at me he goes you know every time i'm like that with my mom i always end up feeling sorry that i did it because there's going to come a time where I'm going to be wanting that call and the call's not going to come. And I just looked at him, I go, well, you are the one that has the power not to be like that. So that was deep. So thank you for that. And thank you for bringing such an amazing energy to this show, Dom. Um, this is the, like I said at the beginning, the second time we're doing this, the second time we're doing this dance and it feels just as good as the first one. So you have a very amazing outlook on life and how to be better, a better person and how to change your life around. So I'm grateful for people like you, for, for, for you, especially for coming on the show and trying to, you know, share that with everyone. And with your podcasts and with your books. So keep going, keep going strong and never stop. Will do, my man. Thanks again, man.
Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world.